Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. One of the most important things for our rituals when we get together is, of course, the mead. Mead is a, a mix of things that we put together. We can add fruit to it, it could be just honey, so on and so forth, but we use it every single time. I make my own mead, I know what kind of a sacrifice it takes to make all the work involved in it, all the time involved to let it do what it needs to do, for it to set properly, for it to age, and all the good things that make me good. When we're out looking for meat, it's really hard to find a good meat because meat takes a lot of effort to make, a lot of time, a lot of understanding, and you can make just a regular meat, but it doesn't always taste good. And those people that make meat understand what I mean. Those people that drink mead really understand what I mean. So when we're heathens and we're looking for mead, one of the things we want to look for is somebody that understands the gods, understands what is needed for our rituals, for our kindreds, somebody that also holds frith with the ancestors, the gods, and the Einherjar. Friends, if you're looking for someone like that, I have found a place for you. It's called Ravenwood meadery they are both heathen they are a heathen run business and just like you and me they take pride in their mead and what they do they hold frith continually with the gods and the ancestors they produce a really good product with fruits in it spices in it and just plain old ordinary mead they also have horns and other things available and they're always running specials you can find them at ravenwood Huntsville.com, if you'd like, and they are a great place. Let me tell you, some of the best mead comes from them, and I know that for a fact because they hold frith. If you're looking for mead today, you can find them online on Facebook under Ravenwood Meadery, or you can look them up online under Ravenwoodhuntsville.com and get their mead list. Guys, I'm telling you. It's a wonderful thing. Heathens helping heathens build their businesses is what it's all about. I want to thank you guys for joining me for this small little commercial. And tell you to have a great day. It's time once again for the Modern Heathen Man. We're your host, Joe Morero, and his wife, Kelly. Thank you guys for joining us today. I want to tell you to grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some cider, grab yourself some coffee or some tea. Sit back, relax, and join us as we discuss modern heathenry together. And I want to hail you for joining us and want to make yourself a better heathen. So sit back and relax, and we're going to begin. Hey everyone, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, that nourished it and kept it moist, and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now, they don't just offer beard oil. They have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at BeastCuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite. I tried Tears Loyalty. 
and I tried, give me one second, Yorg's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they tried really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products so they got the great one together and they call it their magical beard oil i will tell you it is magical it smells great even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours my beard still smelled great and felt great so with that said i'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out again they're not only beard oil but beast curiosity is a place you want to go beastcuriosities.com you can also email him and check out his products at beast at beastcuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at BS Curiosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash beastcuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. Hopefully everyone's doing well today. Today we're going to talk about horns. With me today is Kelly. Hello. My wife. And we're just going to talk a little bit about horns, what types of horns we have, how we use them, how we care for them, what the significance of them are, and go from there. So grab yourself a horn, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a cup made of horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some coffee, or just grab yourself some tea and sit down and join us for Modern Heathen Man. So we'll jump right in today. Um, I went through a podcast and I've gone through quite a few of them to see everything I've done things on and see what I can do something on that's new and different. And I came up with horns. Um, we've never really addressed the horn, whether it's necessary, whether it's not necessary, whether we should have it, whether we should not have it. And in doing things, I've come to notice that the horn is almost like a status symbol of heathenry. Um, I don't mean to say this and sound weird, but the size of the horn, how big it is, how much it holds, what the we decoration do, on the it. decoration on it, whether it has a silver rim, whether it's made a real horn or not, all these different things that go along with it. So you can go to a couple different places and find horns. Um, you can go to Grimfrost. And they have some really nice horns there. Um, you could look around at a couple other places. I think even Amazon has some I'm on there. I'm pretty sure. Well, they have that coffee horn that's made yeah, out of yeah. ceramic, which is kind of cool, cool in right. a way. You yeah. know, you kind of yeah. stick it on your hip. And yeah. it looks really different because it's, it's yeah. a coffee horn. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then what, what was that? We went to a, a thrift shop one time, Kelly and I. And we saw these... Um, Viking horns made of glass for drinking. Remember that? Right, they were a wedding set. Yeah, they were a wedding set. It was really, really neat. I mean, a horn for drinking is a really cool thing. And um, I came to realize it was really cool when I used to go to this wine and beer shop. And when I say wine and beer shop, it's the stuff for making beer from scratch. A making wine. Yeah, a homebrew store. Um, and I remember I said to the one guy, I said, okay, I've perfected my mead. I've perfected the one that I wanted to do this month. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, except for if you want to try it, you have to drink it out of the horn. And instantly everybody got all excited. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. 
all excited about it. And we're like, oh, my God, we're going to drink from a horn. This is so cool. But to me, it was normal. Because drinking from a horn is a normal way of us having a bloat and doing things. So let's discuss a little bit about that and go from there. And we'll, you know, move past that and go to other things with it. So the first thing is, where do we get a horn from? Now, as I said, we can get one from um, Amazon. We can get one from Grimfrost. A new place that we can get one from, you'll hear a commercial here either before or after this. I think I'm going to do it after this, but um, is a place called Ravenwood Meadery. And it's a heathen place. And Grimfrost is as well a heathen place. So I always push for heathens buying from heathens because we need to support each other. But those are a couple places. I've also found horns in a lot of the... Um, localized, I want to call them witchy shops. I don't know what they're really called, cult shops, I guess. Metaphysical shops, yeah, things things like that. that. Yeah, things like that. So metaphysical, occult, and things like that. You can find them in some of those shops. Um, So you're able to get them in quite a few places. Now, the size is going to be the different thing for you. And in size, we have to look at a couple different things. Um, Are we drinking mead from it? Are we drinking beer from it? Now, me personally, when I make my mead, I can get between 21 to 25% alcohol. Okay, so it's really a high alcohol drink. Not like a shot of whiskey, but it's a higher alcohol drink, you know. So 25% alcohol by volume is, is quite a bit. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it you can feel it pretty much right away. It's yeah. not a slow progression of alcohol consumption. Right. So if you, it's fast. It yeah. hits you. So if you're looking at getting drunk, I mean, you get a really big horn, you fill it up with mead, it takes a whole bottle, you drink the whole thing down, and you drink a whole bottle of mead. Um, if we're drinking beer from it, you know, beer is a lot less alcoholic. And I mean, don't get me wrong when I said, I mean, I can make some really alcoholic beer personally, but for the most part, if you're buying some stuff that's just, you know, you guys drinking cider, drinking beer from it, it can be a bigger horn to drink that. The other thing you have to look at is, are you using it specifically for ritual or are you using it for personal? Um, I have the little frog that holds mine. I think you might have to explain what a frog is. So the frog is a little leather thing that wraps around the horn and hooks onto your belt that holds your horn in there at your side. So I have my little frog that holds mine and um, it's nice and I can take it with me. But for the most part, I don't use that because my horn is mostly used in rituals. So I tend not to take it out and carry it around with me because it gets knocked around and beat up. And I don't want that for rituals. So we have to decide whether we want a ritual horn or whether we want just a everyday drinking horn. And then, of course, there's some horns that are designed like cups with like wooden bottoms and a little handle on them. We can use those as well. But for the most part, that's where I get my horn from. I think my horn, my main horn was bought at a metaphysical shop. And I have one that we got from Amazon. But I gave the one for Amazon to my son who's in the military for his altar. We so, had three. We have two yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, one's a blowing horn. No, we have two drinking horns yet. No, I gave one to EJ. Oh, I thought we had two yeah. drinking horns. No, nope. I gave one to my son. She wouldn't know. See? <laughs> anyway. We've moved a lot, and yeah. so sometimes it's, you know, what we have left from one move to another, to another, to another, right. to another. So. Right. So, but the main one I have is that's for ritual always comes with us, no matter what. So, um, with that said, the, the next question is, 
you know, is it a status symbol? I don't know. I'm not going to say yes or no. But for the most part, um, most people look at a horn as something new and exciting to drink from. Um, for me, as a heathen, though, I mean, it's kind of normal. You know, there's really only two types of people who drink from horns. It's heathens and, and people who are into Renaissance stuff. Right, you know, right. That's, you know, those are, that's another place you could get uh, a horn, too, is a Renaissance fair if you ever locally. Yeah. Because usually there's somebody there who's selling drinking implements of some sort, and usually yeah. they have a couple horns. But, um, yeah, I, for, for the general public, it's either you're really into Renaissance fairs and fantasy stuff, or you're a heathen. That's that's the only two people who drink out of horns. That's it. They know Vikings drink out of horns. And, and, and you know, just that's something we don't do today. We just, we like our flat bottom cups. We don't like the horns to drink out of so much. It's, and when we do find one, it's, it's new and it's weird and it's exciting and it's... Right. It's, it's something unusual to do because we don't really do this kind of thing. Every day, right. Now, one of the things I want to talk about is um, preparing the horn for drinking. Um, this is really easy, actually. What I did to prepare my horn um, for use by multiple people is I heated up some beeswax on the stove. Okay, not to the point of like smoking or anything. It just just heated up either like in a crock pot or in the stove. It's going to be something you're going to have to throw away. So maybe use a disposable pan. Um, but when you go ahead and heat it up, what you're going to do is take the horn then, and you're going to pour the beeswax into the horn. You're going to move it around, make sure it gets all over everything, and then you're going to drain it out. And then you just take a knife and you cut the top drips off. Okay, so that coats the inside with beeswax. It doesn't have to be a huge coating of beeswax. Just a nice small one because then from then on it just stays in there forever because you're not really doing anything with the inside. You wash it out. The outside you want to do with some olive oil every once in a while to really make it nice. Um, other than that, there's not much more care to it. I, I am going to say, though, if you're going to use beeswax to coat the inside of your horn, make sure it's food grade or cosmetic grade. Yeah. Because you can go to your local craft store and find beeswax. But it's colored and stuff, yeah. Or candles. But the, the, the grade might not be good enough for you to be able to drink out of it. Right. There may be something in there, some chemical compound or something. Or if you know a local beekeeper that you actually get your honey from to create your mead, you may want to talk with them. Right. You know? So you want to make sure your your beeswax is sourced as beeswax. something for food or something for cosmetics. You right. want it as pure as it possibly can. Yeah, or fresh beeswax. Or fresh beeswax. Yeah. You just want to make sure that it's not like something for candles or soaps where there's chemicals and stuff happening to it. Right, right. So with that said, I mean, that's about the, the best in care. Every, like, once a month, I wipe mine down with a little bit of olive oil on a spray, wipe it down, make it look good, dry it, dry it off with a paper towel, and we're good to go, and it keeps and it really nice. I was going to say, that also keeps it from degrading, too. Because right. your, your horn, if it's dries too out. dry will dry out and the beeswax protects the inside the olive oil or whatever kind of oil you want to use mm -hmm. protects the outside now for a blowing horn there's another horn which is the blowing horn i actually use a shofar which is a jewish ram's horn um there's not a difference to be honest with you except for one's made one place one made another that one you can get at what is it called judaica.com i think it was judaica.com yeah judaicastore.com yeah, judaica store.com and you just buy a shofar that, that's all you're gonna buy and it's really nice to blow from um i usually have my son blow it to announce the 
beginning the, of the ritual. The beginning of the ritual and so on and so forth. He blows it three times. I read another ritual is beginning. Um, that's really cool. Again, the same thing that you just go ahead and you clean it with olive oil once a month. It keeps it from drying out. Um, ritually, though, the horn is important. So in our rituals, we always have a Valkyrie. I try to find a maiden that's a young girl to go ahead and either hand the horn around or our head Drayton does it. Um, he hands the horn from one person to the other. It is... I don't want to say the most important thing in the ritual, but we treat it with a lot of respect, that horn, once the ritual begins, because it gets handed from the Drayton to the person and then back to the Drayton, and the Drayton goes to the next person. And each person gets to partake of the horn each and every time, and it's a separate ceremony, basically, each and every time as that person gets to partake of the horn. During the Sumble, especially, it's really important to do that because... It holds the mead that we're honoring, the sacrifice that we're making, and each person becomes part of that sacrifice as we're doing it. Um, for our kindred specifically, um, the horn that goes around is really revered as something special. And then when it comes back and the sacrifice is poured out of that into the offering bowl, that offering bowl then becomes that vessel that holds the offering and is, is as important as the horn at that moment. So do you want to add anything to that? I think one of the things you have to look at when you're buying a horn too is the size of it. Right, we're talking about, yeah, how much you're going to put right. in it, how much you need well, for Well, I mean, depending on your what you're, like, who you're using it for, too. So if it's, if you're a solitary practitioner, you just need something smaller. Right. If you're... If you're in a kindred and your kindred is larger, you need a bigger, you need horn. A bigger horn. Or you're going to refill it a lot of times. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So there, there's also that. How much, how much meat are you, or whatever you're going to use, are you going to put into the vessel? How, how right. much do you need to put into a vessel for the amount of people that are going to be there? So we did have two horns. You're right. We did have two. One was a little bit smaller. One was a little bit larger. And one we used kind of for our family rituals right. and one we took with us for our main rituals, main rituals. The, the smaller one we gave to our son right. um, and the bigger one we kept for our rituals but we could you know we had a smaller one that we could use for our family and it, you know my son can use it now as an individual practitioner where he is right exactly so the other thing with horns that you have to watch out for is you don't actually um, you don't want to get the horn raw that's one of the things that most people understand. No, There's an actual right. piece inside the horn that you need to get out of there. So you do want to buy it from a place that has done something to it and prepared it for you. Um, I don't know what that piece inside is called. I forgot. It has a special name. But it's almost like a membrane inside there that you need to dry out and get out of there. And sometimes they don't get it all out. So if you pour something into a, a raw horn, you're going to get floaties. <laughs> Yeah, they're kind of gross and stuff like that. So you want to do something that cleans out. That's the other reason you want to use beeswax in there because if they haven't gotten it all out, you want to seal it all up that you don't get the floaties from it. Um, do not use dish soap on your horn. No, don't. I only wash mine out with cool water and also hot water. Um, hot water will cause your horn to warp. Or melt. Or melt, right. Heat will cause it to melt and warp. And change. That's how they actually mold horn and the different things using heat and hot water. So just so you know that as well. 
And like I said, never use dish soap on it. Dish soap yep. actually dries it out, dries out the. Uh, it leaves the a flavor soil. behind as yeah. well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we don't do that. Um, Just plain water. Um, yeah. And yeah. if you feel like you need like a better cleansing, re beeswax it. You can yeah. always re beeswax with the pure beeswax. That's not going to hurt it at all. Right. Um, but you don't want to soak it. You don't want to. You don't want. It too hot water right um, the if you feel different. like it needs a really good cleaning one of the things that i do is i just go out and i buy some vodka and i put it on a uh, cotton ball and just wipe the whole thing down with the vodka yeah wipe it all off and then use olive oil right after it that'll sterilize it clean it and you'll be good yeah to go. again it's a food grade thing you don't yep. want to buy rubbing alcohol and do this because you're not gonna that wouldn't be good for you right now the next question is for those of you that are asking the big question do you absolutely need a horn the answer is no. You, you don't absolutely need a horn. You do need a vessel to hold the sacrifice that you're doing, your meat or your um, cider or your beer, whatever. It does not have to be a horn. Um, you know, I don't want to sound like a horn is something you absolutely need. Um, it's something you could look forward to. It's something you could build up to. But you don't have to have a horn. I mean, to be 100% honest, um, chalice is fine. A coffee cup I've seen people do stuff with. You know, the idea is as long as you're doing the ritual, um, that's that's where I stand with that. You know, I'm not going to judge you if you come to my ritual and you're in charge of it and you bring a coffee mug. You know, to be honest with you, I, not at all. I've seen a, a friend of mine do it with a coffee mug because it was his grandfather's favorite coffee mug. And his grandfather drank coffee from that mug for like 40 years. So I understand that. You know, that's an honoring of the ancestors. You don't have to have a horn. Um, it's not that important. It has become somewhat of a status symbol, like I said, but to be honest with you, I don't judge anybody for anything that they use in a, in a ritual. As long as they're doing the ritual, I'm pretty happy. And, you know, as long as they're doing what they need to do. Yeah. I, I mean, we found things for our altar, for our rituals and things at thrift stores and stuff. As long as you have some sort of intention to make it special for whatever reason, right. um, we've used pewter cups that we found at the thrift store or a secondhand shop or whatever yeah. until we got a horn. Yeah. Um, but we thought the pewter was really cool. You know, it was, it was just a really cool thing to have. It looked really cool. Um, we've used, we've used plastic cups at rituals because we couldn't find the horn. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was packed away from moving or packed away for this reason or that reason or whatever, but we used plastic solo cups already for different things. Yeah, the important part is your intentions and the ritual, to be honest with you. So, you know, with that said, that's that. Um, anything else you'd like to add to that, Kelly? I don't think so. I mean, we uh, I mean, discussed, horns are kind of a, a personal, important, preference a personal kind of, thing. Yeah. yeah, personal preference kind of thing. So. I mean, you do what you gotta with what you have, and if you have a horn, you have a horn. If you don't, you don't. Um, but, you know, if you're looking at getting one, honestly, I recommend either Ravenwood Meadery or um, Grimfrost. They're, they're not very expensive from Grimfrost. You can even look, if you're looking for somebody else besides what we talk, you can look on Etsy. I'm sure you can find something yeah. on Etsy um, from some heathen um, practitioner or something like that. Um, you know, maybe there's other sites like yeah. that, like Etsy and things like that, that you can find handcrafted pieces and things like that. You can even find something on there that you like. Yeah, if you find a place that's really nice, go ahead on to Modern Heathen Man. 
on Facebook in the group and go ahead and post it there. Let us know, you know, a really good place to get a horn from. Let everybody else know. Um, so yeah, let us know where you got your horn at or, or your, um, whatever you drink out of when you do your rituals. Hey, your altar stuff. If you want to post some pictures, that'd be great too. I mean, so have, one of the things we have, I did remember is like one of the things we have for one of our, for some of our rituals for the smaller ones is that wooden chalice that we've got. Yeah. Yeah. We have a really neat little wooden chalice. Yeah. It's a really cool. It, it kind of, the way it almost shimmers, the way it's been polished and everything mm -hmm. else is really beautiful. And we've used that. You got that a second hand for me? Yeah, we did get that yeah, in a second hand shop. Yeah. I'll never, I will never say don't ever buy your stuff second hand. Just if you do buy your stuff second hand, make sure you cleanse it. Make you sure you clean it. clean it, do whatever you need to do to make it feel like it's now yours and yep. it's now something you can use to honor the gods and stuff with. Definitely. So with that said, I want to invite everybody to the Modern Heathen Man page on um, Facebook. It's a group on there. Uh, we also have a page, so go ahead and join it. Get together and talk on there. I'm always available to talk to on there, um, as other people know. Um, I will have a couple commercials here for um, different things. If you know of a heathen business or you own a heathen business that you would like a commercial on here, I do them absolutely free for heathen businesses. Um, so let me know that as well. And I'm always up for contact, so um, go right ahead. Feel free to, to contact me if you need anything. Um, if you'd like to hear something special, go ahead and contact me, and I'll talk about it for you. Um, with all that said, I want to thank you for joining us for the latest episode of Modern Heathen Man. I want to hail you for wanting to be a better heathen and hail the gods today. I want to hail the Norns for um, the fate and the answers they give us with our runes. And I look forward to the next episode. So thank you for joining me and Kelly. Have a great day. Have a great day. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small D poles of five to six inches for $40, seven to eight inches for $45, nine to 10 for 50, and 11 to 12 for 60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Scotty, Sif, Air, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye.